Yes, hello, I am James Rowland, and today it's the WNR 401. It's WWE Day 1, and I am not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by Jaxie. How are you doing? Hello, Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Maybe I should have said that. Happy New Year, everyone. Forget Jaxie just said that. I wish everybody here a happy... <laughs> New Year. Uh, no, seriously, how was your New Year? Yeah, it was good. Just catching up with friends, family, that sort of thing. It was nice to be able to. Well, it's nice. And what's weird, what's weird as well was the last time you won was the WNR 400, of course, the greatest podcast. Uh, did you enjoy yourself there? Yes, obviously. It was probably um, one of the highlights uh, of, the, of the end of the year of 20. 20- well, like I said, and what's more exciting than anything, we are going to go the Prediction League as well. The Prediction League is cool. It's not James versus Dan anymore. It's the team W and I. We're going to go to more detail in a little bit. But we have excitedly done year-end predictions. Now, it's a lot of work that goes into it, and I appreciate it. But it will pay off because it's all bonus points at the end of the year. How did you find the year-end? Because, obviously, at the end of the year, you're going to have no idea what you've put down. Yeah, um. It's, it's one. Of, it's, it's like one of those um, time capsule things, isn't it? That people do when they when they, uh, you know, pack something away from school era and then, uh, you know, go from that. So it, it, it's going to be very interesting to see kind of like what we what what we've come up with and whether or not that holds any truth. I tried really hard to think about my answers as well, so I've tried to be calculated. But I mean, in just like every year, wrestling really does surprise us. So you never know. Well, like I said, you never know. And the very beginning, and and some of it you come across as a genius, and some of it is just funny. But it, it, the payoff is worthwhile. But we have got prediction leagues. Of course, we've got the WWE starting as well. So there's a lot, I guess, to look forward to in 2022. We talked about it on the WNL 400. How are you? Are you excited for 2022? Yeah, I'm excited to see uh, what it brings. I'm I'm really excited, you know, especially when it comes from a, a wrestling fan point of view to kind of see major returns that might actually be be upcoming to see new sort of um, ideas and content being, uh, you know, um, attempted, whether it's trial and error, you never know. Um, I'm just excited in the world of wrestling. We've got so much uh, that we you know, discussed towards the end of uh, last year on, on the podcast and just so much to look forward to this side of the year. Um, it's, it's kind of a, a really exciting time, not just for us as a, a podcast, but just us as the wrestling universe. Well, without a doubt, like you said, we've got day one now. Of course, we've got the um, Impact Hard to Kill coming up, but we're going to look on the live show, of course, the kind of the jewel and the crown as it was the Rumble live show at the end of the month, which is going to massive as well we've got lies there but of course we're gonna look at wrestle kingdom as well uh, even new year's Eve, new year's evil it, you know there's a lot going on like you said uh and believe it or not the last w pay-per-view for day one was of course survivor series back in uh november <laughs> november 21st so we're just going to get a few notes from WWE since then and catch up. It doesn't feel like we've been away from WWE for that amount of time, but you never know, do you? No, definitely. Um, to be honest, until you actually said that, uh, I was just thinking to myself, have we not? It, it feels like we have spoken about it. <laughs> this is the thing. It's crazy. And um, 
We're going to start looking at Raw November 22nd. Zelina and Carmella won the tag team titles. What a run Cross and Ripley had. We get another Mexican wave during the US title match. You wankers. Uh, that must have frustrated me. And Omos took the fire extinguisher but left his mouth open. Now, have you ever seen that? When the fire extinguisher got, why would you have your mouth open to catch it? It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it was a little confusing. You just kind of were wondering what he was doing. Well, SmackDown November 26th, we get a Reigns opening promo. They gave Jeff Hardy the tag win in his hometown with McIntyre's partner. More on that. We get Rich Holland debuting. Storm getting pied by Charlotte twice. Uh, the Naomi story continued with Pat asking some hard-hitting questions. The one contender battle role featured no Drew. Uh, Retro-looking Jeff should have won, but incredibly, Sammy Zayn did. And the main news was Brock's return for next week. Uh, Sammy Zayn is number one contender. Could you believe it? Um, I mean, this kind of came out of nowhere, really, didn't it? So it it definitely took me by surprise. But I was. I, I also must admit, I wasn't you know, mad about it either. I love Sami Zayn. I love watching him on the mic. I love uh, what he's just going to kind of do with himself. So, yeah, it's always just fun to watch him. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's what I'm saying. And this is what's good to see. And I know WWE can be hard work sometimes, but especially I think the run-up to day one, seeing Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens be able to kind of spread their wings. It's just entertaining television. They seem like they've not got any shackles. You hear about produced, and I don't know how much of their stuff is written for them. Yeah, I get you. I understand. Uh, on to the uh, 29th of November, the Raw. Rollins, Big E set for day one. We see Seth beating Balor. Randy Orton wearing a wig, but he now has the most wins on Raw in history. That is fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Sorry about that. <clears throat> We see uh, it. It, it was it was definitely something that I didn't see coming for you know from that interview. Well, we see Ed return. Uh, Miz interrupted. We get some good lines between them. Uh, Miz main event mania when Edge opened the show. Edge responds saying Miz in a lot of people's mouths and heads. Of course, referencing MJF and CM Punk talking about him. Uh, the Hurt Business, the Jobbers. We get a fantastic ten women tag. Morgan getting a win over Team Lynch. Vincent Mann slapping his shit at Boston Theory. Um, and Owens playing mind games with Rollins and got added to the day one top match after beating Biggie thanks to Rollins. D. My question is, why are the Hills the only smart ones in WWE? If Owens was a face, he would have been beaten. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're not wrong there, are you? <laughs> That's what I'm it's just, as soon as you turn heel, you become cleverer. You know, you're able to outsmart people. And it's meant to be the faces. Yeah. yeah. Well, smack- I mean, sorry, go. I feel like it is, I feel like it's just more a case that Vince hates faces. <laughs> it comes across more like that. Well, on SmackDown December the third, we get seventeen minutes of in-ring action given to Baszler versus Banks, Lafarvez versus Raiders, Jay versus Woods, Kofi did return though, and Cesaro Sheamus. Seventeen minutes. Uh, Storm Kate Charlotte, but of course the main story is Brock. He convinced Sammy to have his title match. Uh, Zane, like I said, doesn't get his due. And Lesnar with some comedy. Um, him and Zane work really well together. Uh, yeah, uh, like uh, this has just kind of been overall surprising coming from Brock. Uh, he doesn't come across like a people person, you know. <laughs> so to see 
this sort of entertainment section with Sammy has just been very different, but I'm really enjoying it. I actually really like this this prop. <laughs> Apart from his clothing choice, the, the, what is with the the sort of farmer overall kind of look? I really don't get it. I think he should have gone more down like the Viking route if he was going to do something like that because he looks like a Viking from the face. So yeah, the farmer the farmer look isn't really doing it for me. But apart from that, you, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about actual Brock um, and and kind of my stance on things with him. Uh, as we discuss the pay-per-view coming up. But this whole segment, putting him with Sammy, I did not think could work, and it just completely took everyone. I think that's just Brock's normal day clothes. But like I said, it was it was fun, and we <laughs> thought Brock was on Sammy's uh, side until he beat the crap out of him, uh, leaving him for Roman Reigns uh, to deliver a spear and hit the guillotine for the Cecil title defence. Now it's going to be Lesnar Reigns on January 1st. Uh, Raw 6th for December. It's the third or fourth cage match in three days for WWE. It saw Big E beat Owens in a bag of low. They have crazy chemistry. And then Big Bad Bobby came out and destroyed all three. Uh, I mean, what do you think of Lashley? He's got this added intensity. Yeah, um, I mean, I think this is kind of like the best he's looked in terms of eye-catching to to, uh, the audience. Uh, He's really kind of making a statement um, not just with his wrestling, but just kind of the, the, his overall demeanor, the way he's been. He's been very dom- dominant um, these past few weeks. Um, him and MVP work really well together. And I just think that his, even though I really am happy to see have seen Big E become champion and cash in, that is exactly what I wanted to see. I also still feel like it was too soon to have taken the title off Bobby Lashley. I felt like um, he was already becoming a great champion and having and had the start with the momentum of a great run. Um, and I felt like it was just kind of like thwarted a little bit. Um, and you can't stay mad at it when, when it's Biggie, who's the outcome, who's the winner. But at the same time, there was a little part of me that was that's just kind of like, oh, could he win at day one because of how dominant he's become? And I re- like his, his his entrance is probably one of my my favorite entrances that WWE have created and done right. I think the only thing that Bobby Lashley's year last year, I think the only thing that was a problem was, of course, Goldberg beating him. But I think even when we look back at the way they did it, uh, you know, it kind of makes sense from a certain point of view because Goldberg, if he's a legend, needs to pick up here and there. But I think Lashley's year from McIntyre at WrestleMania as well, I think that's an underrated match as you know and I think there's a lot more potential with Bobby with Drew or Big E or even someone like Kevin Owens there as well you know? oh you agree completely uh, we see Zelina Vega beat Nikki Ash looks like Nikki is cross speaking of which Omos and AJ had fallout it happened during the RK Bronement yes I just said that uh, Street Profits won after Omos got counted out and AJ told him he should listen to Omos off even Riddle couldn't get an exclusive Priest beat Rude. Dewdrop chose to get countered out in a match with Belair. Uh, we get a good Miss TV with Edge after a slight back and forth. Miss rejected a match. Mysterios beat Alpha in a action. Balor beat T-Bar. Austin Fury attacked. And the main event, we see a great live promo. Uh, thought it would be a night against Becky Lynch. But Lynch, of course, retained by cheating. But an A for effort. Um, and live the little girl. 
the gif will live forever now up with Ms. Gell, I think. <laughs> we hope. Uh, and then the news, we I'm sure we have talked about Jeff Hardy uh, being released from WWE. Uh, after, you know, what is it, three weeks, four weeks since then. How are you feeling about Jeff Hardy? I think it's going to work out for Jeff, hopefully, in the end. Yeah, I feel like um, as much as, uh, you know, it's kind of gutting to kind of read the re- read certain news stories and kind of hear one story or another. So you're not really not 100% sure what really went down, even though it's a, it's a harsh way to for him to leave. I kind of hope this opens up a few more doors for him. Um, as everyone knows, his brother's in AEW. I think he's got a lot of potential to still do as great. He's still such a loved, much-loved um, wrestler uh, across multiple different um, age ranges, you know, like from, from newer uh, fans to, to the older fans from the, the Attitude Era. So I, I would like to see him and hopefully get to see him wrestle um, at least one more time or a few more times if, if you know, that is the route he wants to take. The first and foremost is that, you know, he looks after his health. So as long as he's kind of looking after himself first, um, you know, I just hope to see him back on our TVs at some point. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. We'll move on SmackDown December 10th. Sammy in the neck brace and wheelchair. Got the shit kicked out of him by an overall wearing Lesnar. Uh, like we said, those two are gold. Lothario's lost to Boogs and Nakamura. When will Nakamura defend the Intercontinental title? I hear you say we have got more on that later. Pierce couldn't remove Drew's sword. Uh, that is not a euphemism, by the way. Uh, McIntyre in a good match. A lovely tribute to Black Jack Alanza. And then Naomi versus DeVille finally. Four months ago it started. Can you believe four months ago? Natalia, a special guest for free. Uh, ring announcer Baszler is a timekeeper. We see Naomi took the fight to Baszler. Then rocked Natalia, ensuring it was one-on-one. With DeVille try stalling Zia. Lee made a debut face-to-face with Naomi. Together they cleared the hills out of the ring. Deville did not get a comeuppance, though. She left ringside area heels. So what are your thoughts on this? Naomi versus um, Deville with all these shenanigans. I mean, you know, I've had a bit of a short temper when it when it's come to this sort of treatment of Naomi or the storyline that they so they are doing um, with Naomi at this point. I, I'm just interested to be to seeing other women getting a push at this point and if this is actually going to lead to Naomi getting a push, then I'm all for it. But if it's not, and they're just going to continue to like, you know, uh, put her down or not put her over, kind of like um, you know, a lot of what a lot of the situation that's been happening with a lot of the other women on the brand, such as like you know, even Shayna. Um, if if we don't see anything come off the of this feud between both Sonia and Naomi, then I don't understand the whole point of it so i hope that this is sort of like just you know a notch in the belt to continuously keep building on naomi because she has a huge fan base um she's great in the ring and they don't get enough time in the ring you know so it would be nice to see if she actually gets a push also zia lee's entrance and uh, I know that's not what we're talking about. You've been quite serious, but like I said, I completely agree with you. But I think that's a nice to see her there. Uh, we see Tony Storm beating Charlotte by DQ. Way to make Tony a challenger. In the main event, New Day beat RK Bro and Usos. 
become the best team in W. Apparently, I suppose they are the best team. Uh, and then Raw, December 13th, us beat Riddle. Belair beat Dewdrop in a good match. Lynch granted liver rematch for day one. Balor and Police flirted. Then they lost to Dirty Dogs after very distracted Finn. Uh, Selena beat Ripley in a blink and you miss it match. Vega is improving on the mic though. I quite like it. Uh, Miz TV with Maurice as host. Miz, Miz eventually attacked Edge, but Edge took over with Spear. Miz, Miz saved himself by putting Maurice in front of him, causing Edge to stop and allow Miz to hit the skull-crushing finale. Maurice was furious uh, and slapped her husband before storming off. Now, I don't know what your thoughts on this storyline, but I actually enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was entertaining, but I also feel very much like it's kind of like I've been there and done that situation when it comes to um, the Miz and Maurice feuding with someone, you know? So I just kind of was a little bit like not I wouldn't say like I was I was uh not entertained by this but I was also already kind of wondering whether or not this is just re- recycled material again you know mm. Oh no that's fair enough but I, I think because I have to endure I'm sorry I enjoy raw of course but it's always nice to see something a bit like you said old school you know it's it's a little bit retro <laughs> So be mm. it. Um, we see the main story was Bobby. If this doesn't does actually result in sort of them bringing, bringing back more, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, more mixed match challenges, I'll be more than happy with that as a result because I really used to enjoy the mixed match challenge. Um, and I don't think it needs to necessarily be challenges. I just think that, you know, bringing back regular um, mixed match uh, just it just changes things up a little bit, you know, and I think that that's something that they could probably do with at the moment. Right, uh, we used to call it mix match challenge. Uh, <laughs> we Oscar and Miz was my favourite team of all time as well. Uh, so, like I said, that's something that could that could work. It was it was Oscar's whole, you know, sort of continuous storyline that they continued to add to it, which was don't lose my streak, you know, um, <laughs> which they fucked up. Yeah, and that come WrestleMania, but let's not open that can of worms again, no. okay? <laughs> we'll do at one point. Like I said, we'll have a real deep dive into your problems with Charlotte. And that, <laughs> it will go back to WrestleMania. I need, I need to mentally prepare for that discussion so that I don't just come across like really bitter and people just think that I'm just bitter at Charlotte for no reason. <laughs> uh, well, the main story was Bobby, who beat Owens, Rollins, and Biggie in singles action be added to the day one WWE title match. So much for winning the contract. Um, Big Bad Bobby is back with a bang. And SmackDown's uh, the 17th. Banks for a snazzy Spider-Man team with Storm. Tony Pin Charlotte who teamed with Shotzi. Not bad. Viker Raiders beat Mahal and Shanky. Drew got his sword back from Happy and I'm going to call him Dappy. Cesaro uh, with bad rib loss to Seamus Newboy, Ridge Holland. Now, I spoke to Monty about this. What are your thoughts on the name Ridge Holland? Because for me, it sounds like a porn star. I mean, it kind of sounds like a clothing brand. <laughs> Do you not think? I, I thought it sounded like a, you know, like either a clothing brand or like, you know, men's shoes type brand. <laughs> He's wearing a new jumper from Ridge Holland. That's what... <laughs> you know what I mean? It sounds like it, right? You can really, you can hear someone saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that's a good word. I just for me, it's a silly name again. Uh, speaking of um, 
I say people challenging each other. Naomi challenged Deville to a match again, only for W official to book her in about with Baszler. The Queen of Spades attacked from behind, injuring the former women's champion left knee. Uh, Deville called for the bell. Uh, Baszler Super's got the best fellow. Naomi rolled her up for a quick upset win. Um, again, like I said, we'll see how it moves on. New Day beat Usos again. And in the main event segment, Roman asked Paul if he knew Brock Lesnar would be at SummerSlam or MSG. Why are you protecting Brock from me? Heyman fighting back tears. Admit is he's not protecting Lesnar from Reigns. He's protecting Reigns from Lesnar. Uh, and at that point, I, I lost my shit because I thought that's probably the best line I've heard in wrestling in years. <laughs> but Reigns then fired his special counsel and rocked him to Superman Punch. Before he could wield any damage, Lesnar made the save, wiping out the Usos um, and delivering two F5s to the head of the table. It looks like maybe Haber was right in his words. What do you think of this? Because I thought... Um, yeah, a, a great bit of promo telling um i definitely was one of those people that was like oh shit when he said that um i was definitely itching to see more like this is how you make good content and paul Heyman, just anything he's involved with he just delivers and excels in what he does best so it was just quite entertaining really yeah, it was really, really good stuff. And then Raw, December 20th, do drop. And Belen, it turned out, uh, with Bianca hitting an awe-inspiring KOD for the win. If no one's seen this yet, Bianca Belair just continues to impress me. This before the year was out, picking up two drop and dropping a battle beating. Uh, Miss TV got into the goings-on of Omos and AJ. Miss TV almost working as a program. Who would have thought? Uh, during a tag match uh, versus the Mysterios, mind you, and we see Ray and Roland Styles up for the win after he almost had an issue. This led to the partners fighting. Almost caught him and dropped him on a mat with authority. Uh, so it looks like Omos and AJ coming to an end. We see Ziggler uh, beating Priest by counter after he went batshit crazy on Big Bob. Cut an edge, featured Maurice, but he wasn't attacked anyway. What was the point? What's the point of having two talk show segments on a Raw? Or, or any show? Again, I just kind of watched um, a catch-up video on that uh, episode Raw, but I was just kind of confused as to why they put two talk shows. They, they've only ever done, when they've done that before, it's because it's been like, you know, um, a Alexa Bliss, a moment of bliss and so it's like a female one and then a male one when they've done it with you know either kevin owens or sammy or someone but i'm just yeah i just didn't understand why we got two talk show segments on on that so i know that rule is three hours long but fill it with actual matches (laughs) that's what people want to see they don't want to see two talk show segments with wrestlers when they could actually have an additional nine minutes added to a match do you know what i mean like, give the people what they want, for goodness sake. Who's going to complain? There was like, oh, Raw, oh, my God, there was, like, five 25-minute matches. Like, what's wrong with that? You know, as me my maths is right. Yeah, that fits. You know, like, we, we're, you're, base, you're essentially giving us two segments where we have to actually suffer sitting through listening to bad creative, like, uh, writing be, uh, be, be told over a mic. You know, rather than you just actually giving us what we all went there for, for which is a, a wrestling sport, eventually, uh, like, you know, essentially. Well, I don't want to start off on the bad round with WWE, but I'd like, if I put it into perspective, 
is like I said before 100 about watching it on BT. And the catch-ups for SmackDown sometimes has been like an hour and nine. You think about the amount of adverts and replays and stuff like that they've cut out. It's still what they've shown. And that's a two-hour and you get dynamite. It's an hour 45, so you actually get more with more action. You just look at both, you go, they're meant to be the main flagship program. And it's just, that's a problem. 17 minutes on SmackDown, like I put, you know, a few weeks ago. It's just not acceptable. Yeah. It's, it's not, show. and you're like, can you give us some some more wrestling content? Stop giving us between one to three minute matches. No one wants to see a one to three minute match. You know, like, do you remember like back in the Attitude Era days when you'd actually have the likes of, um, you know, Absolute Beasts coming out, like, you know, for example, Big Show back in the day, and then he'd have like a squash match, mm-hmm. and it would actually come across as a big deal because the squash matches weren't like always a thing it's just like the roll-up pin and like everyone doesn't look at it like a surprise roll-up anymore because no one's surprised apart from the rest of your your pinning it's just it's the same thing it's it's we're going to get into it as well and it's just same thing happening over mm. and over again in WWE. The main event of Raw was Big E and Bobby versus Owens and Rollins. Bobby pitting Owens. Big Kev and Seth teamed up to take up Bob and Big E after. Then the last SmackDown of the year, 24th December, cameras caught up with Heyman who sat across from Caleb Braxton. Special interview, Grace, double door in his tired face. Uh, what a performer. Good old. Uh, and then SmackDown Women's Championship match, Tony Charlotte. Now, I've heard about women losing title matches. But to be to leave WWE after this is is quite an achievement on WWE's part. Um, Charlotte was going to cheat, got caught, so then beat her a clean with Tony Storm crying on the apron afterwards. The chemistry was all off. The crowd didn't care. The booking makes people hate Charlotte. She is the female Triple H. You know, you look at Triple H in two thousand three. He, she, that's what she is right now. And as for Tony, like I said, she had enough. She quit. What, what were your thoughts on the whole situation? I mean, I actually just think good on her for just kind of knowing her worth and just uh, taking herself out of the equation before it kept getting worse. You pied the girl twice. Then, you, then you're giving her like consistent uh, shots at the title, but then having all this fuckery with Charlotte DQing herself and, and you know, count outs or this, that and the other. It's just bullshit. Um, and then the one time you do let her win and, it, and it's not like, you know, kind of like for the title. It's just um, the, the one time she does pin Charlotte, it's like actually in a tag match. Mm. Um, it, it just kind of feels like, you know, kind of what I was discussing earlier when it comes to like the treatment of Naomi and, and whether this, the outcome of this is going to actually mean a significant push for her or not. Because... If this is the if this is the outcome, you know, like I do not blame Tony in the slightest for leaving. Well, she was granted her release. She's twenty six years old, of course, former uh, May Young Classic winner, uh, and apparently it was the last minute call. She was told at eight a.m. in the morning that she had to go to Washington that night. Uh, she felt burned out as well. She's spoken about her frustrations. Uh, having to sit in Cape and SmackDown. Let's not forget she debuted. We actually joked about it. She debuted, you know, uh, just after WrestleMania, just sat around doing absolutely nothing. Uh, and again, I'm not one of those who goes, oh, go to AEW. Go anywhere, Tony. You were great before the May Young Classic. You were fantastic in it. Uh, go elsewhere. And it seems weird that 
you know, Mayon Classic, bit like Mixed Match Challenge, saying the Debonair has looked at. And it's like Carvey saying as well from there, having a kind of WWE schedule and kind of burning out. And it's interesting to see kind of ESHI is working. You just think how they're going to fuck her up on the main roster. And I think, yeah. <laughs> and if they have Mandy Rose, I don't want to talk NXT, but if they have Mandy Rose beating it, just can't have oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, to be honest, I think, I, I think, I still think it's quite questionable. And I know that this was some, this was something that we, we did go into great discussion about in terms of Raquel Gonzalez and, and sort of her level of experience and, and when she won the title. But seriously, the likes of Mandy Rose being able to even take out the likes of Raquel Gonzalez. Um, I just I just don't see it. It's like it's more fantasy booking than reality at this point. And it's just a bit like I feel like sometimes WWE try to treat their fans as if we're stupid. Well, I, I think we are to keep going back. <laughs> uh, 12 days, the yeah. 12 days of Christmas gauntlet match. And it boiled down to Rick Shane Zane with Sammy get the win and facing Naka at I thought day one, I was wrong. I uh, could watch those two fight all day. Only Cesaro and Sheamus mattered elsewhere. And then you get a miracle and 34th street fight. Matar New Day beating Madcap Moss and the Usos. Uh, this was all right. There was a few laughs. Actually, one of the laughs was Madcap Moss getting hit in the back of the head. I think final shot, SmackDown. And he sold it really, really well. But my problem is, who's tidying up that mess? Whose job is Yeah, I, I really hope they get paid well you know because of like you know when even like the likes of they do the street profits entrance and just lit absolutely litter with those plastic cups everywhere i just think it's like first of all like how much recycling uh are you doing it was completely uncalled for all that plastic just for that entrance do you see what i mean (laughs) it it doesn't you know when they do ridiculous things like that like at least make it make sense like you know how i think the young bucks at one point used to do it where like money used to stream out and stuff like that it made sense like that that was their sort of like their run their character um and it's recyclable yeah and it but it's money you know like it's like paper and stuff like that as well but like some of these things they look nice but are they they're not really environmental friendly, so what is the point on doing it? Is is like even worse with the street possible one though, because you know, plastic cups just falling down from the ceiling doesn't look good. It just looks like the inside of a tra- of a recycling bin that's you know picking up a bin and throwing everything away. That's <laughs> yeah, what it I, I, I think it's only a handful handful of plastic cups they use in the entrance. I think the rest is done on the screen and stuff like that. And I'm sure with Vincent yeah. Mann being the way he is, he would collect the same cups and put them back in the machine. <laughs> he said, no, no, I want exactly the same plastic cups. Uh, on to the last for all the year, December 27th, Orton Riddle started the show into Riddle beating Gable and Orton beating Otis. And of course, they're facing the Prophets. Uh, Randy did fake an RKO when bro hugging the Prophets. They beat the Mysterios in the RKO Bronement. Remember that? <laughs> Ford did fly low. New face AJ beat Cruz in a good match after a promo with Waller. Uh, what are your thoughts on um, the uh, <laughs> Waller? I was going to call just call him Waller at this moment in time. Uh, have you seen much of him in NXT? Are you impressed with him? Why is he on Raw? Um, I, I must admit, I don't watch a lot of Raw, so I haven't seen much from him. So Good. good. Not uh, much 
not when when I have seen him, but first impressions aren't like I wasn't impressed. But I also think that that's more like you know WWE's bad booking already right from the get go. So I don't really blame that on him. I just don't really feel like I know much about him to comment about it. Right, excellent. This is a guy who's probably the most overhill at the moment, and and they've actually built him all right. And to go after AJ is quite interesting because, that's like I said, I'm not a huge fan of Grace Waller in ring. The character's an absolute dick, and he tells everybody he got handpicked to be him, and he took out Johnny Gagano in his last night. And you can't be more heel than that to take out Johnny Wrestling after everything he did for NXT. So I'll be interested to see where Waller goes this year. But I'm interested in what you think because sometimes with heels, you know, like I said, it takes a little bit of uh, getting used to. But I think he's a guy to, to watch. MVP hates the Hurt business. Uh, Owens made quick work of Cedric. Uh, Priest and Ziggler ending DQ. And then Raw ended with Eric Bischoff. We talked about retro stuff and how Eric Bischoff was OC in the ceremony. This, of course, had nothing to do that he's been on a couple of Dynamites. Uh, we see the Miz and Maurice renewing their wedding vows, not their wedding wows. Um, and we Miz delivering his in French, perfect French as well. Uh, and then Edge came out and made fun of them before blood. I say blood. Uh, it was kind of brown goo ran down and hit them and caught a bit of Bischoff, which I bet was the plan anyway. Uh, what are your thoughts of liquid falling from the ceiling? We've seen it before, but again, it works for this few. Yeah, um, I'm just, I kind of really, again, like you said, it wasn't the hugest fan of like the storyline anyway but I just didn't find it too bad it kind of reminded me of what he did to Beth um which was which was fine but it it also kind of reminded me of um wasn't it uh, Stephanie and Triple H's or no it was Stephanie's wedding to Tess was it where it just got kind of ruined as well um I don't know why I just kind of like got reminded of that because she was like yeah she didn't know she was married to Triple H or anything (laughs) Yeah, that was uh, the original with a test with Triple H taking her to Vegas. And then I think the renewal of vows between yeah. Steph and Triple H got ruined when Triple H realised he was working behind his back. We've seen a lot of shenanigans like that with uh, weddings and renewals. Yeah, but again, it might be with a fresh, best of the fresh build for day one. Uh, Smackdown was the best of. Uh, so we do move on to day one, of course, January 1st. And the breaking news heading into kickoff was um, Roman Reigns tweeting, I yearn to perform tonight at day one to defend my Universal Championship. However, unfortunately, I tested positive for COVID due to proper protocols. I'm able to compete. It's really scheduled. Look forward to return to action as soon as possible. Now, considering day one had been built on Heyman, Willie, with Reigns and Lesnar, what were your thoughts? Um, first and foremost, you know, like I said, uh, wish him well and, you know, good health. But it was a bit of a gut punch for the whole card. Oh, definitely. I think this was the most anticipated match, you know, coming from anyone, um, especially with all the build-up. Like you said, Paul Heyman had set up really well with with both men. Um, it was something everyone was ready to see and wanted to see. And I feel like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like it, it came out really not too long before day one was actually about to start. So it was very, very last minute that this all kind of changed. And I was 
baffled as to how we hadn't found out about this sooner. Usually when it comes to COVID, you know, they would have, but I would have thought that as a company, they would have actually ensured that everyone was negative and stuff, you know, like with and give us ample amount of time to actually like real from the fact that we're not getting Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar anymore. So yeah, this was kind of like threw me off right from the get-go. I feel WWE did, did, they knew and they thought if they do it early in the day, because like I said, this happened, the last WNR poll to go up was the Brock-Roman match. And as soon as that mm. went out, people were going, Twitter. I love our followers, but people are going, Oh, you do know Reigns is tested positive. And he's like, Of course. <laughs> like, thank you for telling me. Like, uh, <laughs> thanks to everybody for mentioning it. But, like I said, uh, it, it was an hour. It was, it was like 11 o'clock our time, you know, 11 p.m., an hour before, you know, kind of kickoff. And you're thinking, Whoa. And I think maybe if left it early in the day, you know, what us fans are like, they're going, Oh, it's going to be Brock versus The Rock. Or I don't. For me, my problem is there's not many dream matches left. <laughs> like, I can't yeah. really get excited about a lot. Um, so this was kind of well, one match I thought the build was. Yeah, I think I think you are right in saying you know that, like maybe this is why they they chose to stay quiet until shortly just before because they know that the the biggest lure that's coming from this uh this pay per view is Brock v v Roman. Everyone wants to see it. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't hide my disappointment. I really wanted to see it too. But at the same time, first and foremost, Roman's health comes first, you know. Um, I wish they'd have told us sooner so that we weren't as disappointed uh, going into the pay-per-view because I do feel like I went in, um, I started, you know, watching the pre-show already kind of going in with like a bit of a negative uh, sort of uh, output as to what, what type of content we were going to be getting from it, you know, kind of thinking, you know, whatever they're going to put together so last minute is probably not going to be worth it. Um, you know, as 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 the evening progresses, of course, we'll continue talking about um, certain decisions that maybe possibly have been uh, last minute decisions and whether or not they worked or didn't work. Um, but at that moment, as you say, going into the pay-per-view and learning just an hour before that probably the what everyone was going to be calling the most anticipated match of the year so far being cancelled. It just didn't look good. You know? Yeah, I think that's true. And then we got straight to kick-off. Uh, Caleb Braxton hosted and was joined by Kevin Patrick, Booker T, JBL and Peter Rosenberg. And they immediately addressed uh, Roman Reigns testing positive with COVID, which led to Brock Lesnar being added to the WWE Championship match. Now, we talk about not having the Roman Reigns match, but to be involved in the WWE title match, kind of was a bit of a game changer as well mm. yeah i mean you gotta wonder straight straight away once you heard the news about roman about what, what was gonna happen with brock personally i i genuinely thought that brock was gonna be like great day off for me you know um <laughs> uh so it, it did come as a bit of a shock for me to find out he um was kind of making it a fatal five way well, it's, it's it's interesting. It was an interesting choice. I thought, oh, maybe they'll have Brock versus, you know, like I said, whoever, or you know, have off. But to put him there, then you're thinking, nah, they're not not going to do. It. They're not. It's just he's there to make up the numbers. Uh, we see the panel running through the rest of the lineup. Video 
match on Edge v Miz, and the Miz crashed the panel's desk, spoke about his match with Edge, believe it or not. Uh, DeVille joined the panel, spoke about Lynch, ver- Lynch versus Morgan. She also played innocent while speaking about her own issues with Naomi. King Woods and Kofi Kinks were interviewed by Sarah Schreiber, was declared that New Year's Day will be known as New Day Day. Uh, it's got a ring to it. Kevin Owens was shown arriving. He was wearing a Gun and, Guns N' Roses t-shirt. Um, Bobby Lash and MVP were shown arriving. And then Michael Cole and Pat McAfee spoke at ringside about the rain situation and updated the W Championship match. And then we get the kickoff uh, match, which is Sheamus and Ridge Holland versus Ricochet and Cesaro. And we see an early injury suffered by Holland. And at first, I'm thinking... Too bad. The replay was probably one of the best replays ever of a broken nose. <laughs> oh, that sounds... Yeah. It didn't look too bad, but it's when good. It <laughs> when they slowed it down, you just kind of could feel that whole impact and you were just like, oh my gosh. Like, you know, for, for me, like I said, I, I kind of had a bit of a n- negative demeanour about the way this pay-per-view was already shaping up after hearing the news of Roman not not going to be able to perform. So then, then seeing this as the first match, it didn't. It didn't go off to the best of start, did it? <laughs> well, I mean, like, as I said, the, the yeah. crowd probably thinking it. You know, everybody. I'm even watching it going, oh, it's not going to be like that, is it tonight? Uh, and of course, that meant that Sheamus had to go it alone. And to be fair, <laughs> he dominated the action. Oh, it's like in the <laughs> one and only cutting him off, man. Hot tags as a spark to come back, uh, fueled by uppercuts. Cesaro executed the swing, and then the sharpshooter, but Sheamus made it to the rope to force a break. He then evened up the odds, delivering white noise to Ricochet on the floor. Back inside, Sheamus did the seemingly impossible and hitting his former tag partner with a bro kick for the win. So the second move of the match busts nose, the last move, Sheamus winning. Um, this was handicapped, so credit to Sheamus, I suppose, who beat him clean. But, I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, firstly, fair play to Seamus for take, being able to kind of adapt to a two-on-one handicap and still come out the winner. I mean, that's not um, easy to do, especially because usually when a handicap match is booked, it is booked in order for for that, you know, minority to lose and, and be horribly dominated. So, it, it, in a sense, uh, I'm happy for Seamus, but this should have definitely been changed very last second, the moment that happened with Rich Holland. If that was supposed to be the overall outcome that they were supposed to come out winners, and then this happened, I think there should have been an easy switch to say, like to have Cesaro and Ricochet win and actually give them a bit of momentum considering whatever, like straight away, you know, as a fan, I'm already cottoning on to the fact that his nose is broken. That's going to actually slow down storyline progression when it comes to him and Seamus and whatever they were they had sort of plans going forward for these two. So straight away I'm looking into Ricochet and, and Cesaro. I don't know what Vince's problem is, but these two are two of the most un- highly underrated wrestlers on that roster and they really deserve a push. And I genuinely was teased with one when it came to like sort of Cesaro's push against Seth Rollins. And and they've done nothing with him since. Yeah, but, um, and it's incredibly disappointing. But to be fair, it was like, kind of disappointing. Sorry, I don't mean about this is a difference because, like, it seems that we talk about a lot about oh, this talent with and this talent so talented. But with Ricochet and Cesaro, yeah. 
they are so talented. You know, Ricochet should be this generation's very mysterious. Cesaro can do so much. It's incredible. So you are right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's just, you know, even if the outcome was originally supposed to be Bridge and Sheamus came out on top, I think that it should have been a very last minute decision right there and then once uh, his nose had been broken. You know, we all know that, like, backstage uh, communicate to the ref. The ref could easily have, you know, just said, you know, swap things about, um, you know, give them give them a win and we'll just go for a push with them instead. But, you know, I don't know if this is just sort of, uh, for WWE, I, I don't know if they look at this as, like, just um, something they could still deal with. You know, um, I just wish that they would kind of have a bit more of a better output when it comes to sort of quick thinking. Yeah, like I said, they had to change it on the fly and it made Seamus look like John Cena against a Nexus, you know. I suppose the only positive is Cesaro and Ricochet got some airtime. That's the only positive. You know, <laughs> these two guys could add so much more to WWE programming. It makes... Um, what are you going to score this out of five? I feel really bad, but I am going to give it... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna to give it a 2.8. Um, I think because of the, the slip up with, with Ridge and everything and then kind of the outcome being that, you know, we're supposed to all believe that Seamus was able to come out on top of this as well. Like, I just think it was handled all wrong. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to give it a three and a quarter because like I said, with these three guys, uh, it's worthwhile, I suppose. But the big news is the prediction league begins and like we said we're gonna do predictions for WWE, AEW and the NXT takeovers and I know it might be an unfair advantage for some that watch NXT and some don't. That's why the bonus predictions matter so much. And also mm-hmm. a league league win will give you uh I think five points. Uh so we'll we have to discuss it and make sure we all agree on the terms. And, of course, we do that on the Rumble. But at this moment in time, it, <laughs> we're going to start off and the kickoff. Uh, Cesaro and Ricochet with Monty and James's pick. Gina and Jaxie went Seamus Ridge. So, Jaxie and Gina are 1-0 up. And Monty and James and Zero, of course. And uh, this hopefully will change. No spoilers. I didn't have a great night. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> Poll wise, um, Cesaro ricochet sixty two point three percent of the poll. Uh, Leclerc ninety five, Cesaro ricochet. Nick thirty five, Sheamus and Ridge. Uh, and you know, like I said, we always appreciate people the polls. We saw Biggie was walking through backstage areas, title belt over his shoulder. The panel spoke about the new main event. Uh, JBL made a strong effort to sell it. Uh, video package spotlighted the championship match and then just added Lesnar right at the end. Uh, so on to the main show. January 1st, WWE Day 1. Uh, what was your excitement level for the event and the match most looking for, I think, pre and post reigns? Well, I mean, my excitement level uh, pre reigns was, you know, quite an all-time high I'd say I was quite really looking forward to this I was also actually in person with my sister Gina so we were this was a you know a chance for us to be able to watch in person together which was really nice um you know just at our house you know it's not like we flew all the way to America to see it (laughs) not like (laughs) um 
but we, we yeah we we were looking forward to it pre-reigns uh the most anticipated match was the reigns match so as you can imagine as I, I think i've mentioned it once or twice i was quite deflated going into um day one and just kind of with the opening pre-show match resulting in a broken nose already i'd say that i wasn't so much looking forward to what was to come but i was more anxious um as to what other what else could go wrong but i also did not want to say what else could go wrong and then jinx the whole fucking thing you know, because... Yeah, no, that is, that's true, that is true. Well, the main card opened with a video package that included Migos and various WWE wrestlers. Mark Cole, Pat McAfee, welcome viewers to WWE's first premium live event. Mind, I can't call it pay-per-view anymore, I suppose. Uh, the address, of course, Roman Reigns uh, and Brock Lesnar being added to the title match. Uh, the production crew did well to mesh Brock in on short, I say short notice. They probably had a few hours, but well, to take Reigns out. As well. And in yeah. the first match of the night, Jimmy Uso and Jay uh, versus Kofi Kingston and King Woods for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. The Usos wore the Bloodlines t-shirt that featured them and Paul Heyman. Cole saying this was the 167th day of the Usos title reign. And they absolutely dominated the action until a counter-intonated DDT by Kingston. And a hot tag to Woods sparked a late comeback. Challenges. Woods delivered a side rush and leg sweep to Jimmy, followed by a modified version of Future Shock, uh, of course, more known by Chris Saban, but could not keep him down. Jay Holt was momentum, and Kingston regained it for the faces with a crossbody block. Jimmy answered with Uso Splash, turning his attention back to the engineer, Kingston. Jimmy applied the key to Sunrise, and the champion fought to the break. The action broke down. The champ sent Woods to the floor, delivered stereo super kicks, and then stereo splashes, but the king of the ring broke up. And I tell you what, the reaction from the crowd at this moment in time was absolutely aw- awesome. And then my only problem is the twins deposited Woods to the floor and delivered a free deed to Kingston for the win. I think after all that, a free D. But then again, I might be wrong. What did you think? I mean, this came out of nowhere for me. So, you know, me and my twin got really excited. Like the Dudley boys were two of our favorite wrestlers growing up. Um, you know, that. Dudley Boys and and Hardy Boys, uh, Edge and Christian, those three teams were kind of uh, the, the the reason why we loved tag team wrestling so much uh, back in the Attitude Era. So for me, you know, also being one half of a twin, seeing what uh, Pat McAfee called the one D, just kind of, I don't know, I really, I, I took to it. I got excited. I loved every part of it. Um, and it made me very excited at the end when they got the one, two, three. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, we we talk about uh, the match itself. I mean, how many times these faced off? They faced on SmackDown, you know, three weeks in a row. Uh, and they have been having classics throughout this pod's exist. This is tag team wrestling. They just, it, it's like Edge and Christian and the Hardy Boys, you know, or Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express, whatever it was. It's just, it's special. And I think we'll look back in years to come and think, these two teams, it's historic. Yeah, um... They just they work so well together, and you can tell how much they they trust one another. All four of them, you know, in the ring together. Um, again, the we we say this about a few other different wrestlers, like singles match wrestlers, but when it comes to tag team wrestling, I could never get bored of watching New Day and Usos in the ring because they always deliver in every sort of way. When it comes to the entertainment factor, when it comes to in ring ring work, when it comes to collaboration, they just. They, they always deliver. 
it, it is crazy that they do. And even the face-off at the end, and they start swinging. It, it's just, I, I loved it. You get into it, and I think the crowd would have lost their shit if New Day won as well. And I know Usos and Day won, uh, but still, I, I think, you know, maybe wrong team there. But again, I thought this was brilliant. What are you going to score out of five? Um, I'm going to give it a 4.5 because I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm going to give it four and three quarters out of five. This is the thing I love about wrestling about a match is when you you get a match, you think oh, I'm not expecting much, or you, not mm. in that way, but you go, oh, I've seen this before, and you you're on the edge of your seat by the end of it, and that's what you win when you go, you got me again, you know, you got me again with it. How many times have we seen this? How many titles? Uh, and that's how good it was. Uh, it really, really was. Uh, predictions. Um, well, uh, Usos, Monty and Jaxie went for the Usos. Uh, Gina and myself went for the New Day. So at the moment, scores, I'm on zero. Monty is on one. Gina on one. Jaxie on two. Uh, move on <laughs> <laughs> to the polls. <laughs> uh, we asked who we're going to win. The Usos got 55.8% precise. Um, and like Jacob Grundy says, Usos can't lose on a show called Day One. You're right about that. Uh, uh, yeah, it's that same thing. So I like your way of thinking that. Um, we had a, these random video packages. Since the virus series has shown up, uh, Biggie had one about his Money in the Bank contract. Uh, speaking of Biggie, he was interviewed then. Uh, Patrick asked about Brock Lesnar joining Biggie, but he didn't have his own... I have this on his bingo card. He mentioned all of his five opponents. He said you can line them up and he will knock them day down. He will find a way to retain his championship. And then Caleb Braxton spoke with Migos on a backstage ring set. Noted our family Atlanta, long-time WWE fans who've been watching since they were kids. Well, that's lucky then, I suppose. Uh, and then McAfee thanked them for supplying the official Day One theme song. Oh, almost like they had an agreement. Uh, Happy Corbin and Mad Cab Moss made their entrance. Uh, of course, they did their, co- I say comedy bits. I'm being I'm being offensive to comedy there. Uh, of course, McIntyre's entrance spared the well from Little more. And the match, uh, you know, I love McIntyre. But Mac up Moss on a pay-per-view, really? Moss held his own uh, and back. Um, he downed him, hulked up and set up the future shock DDT. Moss counted but walked right into the lowdown. Uh, Moss answered with a fall away slam, catching Drew quite impressively, actually. Uh, but McIntyre fought back, delivered a claymore for the pinfall victory. Uh, what, I, you know, I'm McIntyre's biggest fan. I ain't got a lot to say, Jackson. I'm not going to lie. I didn't really pay much attention to this match. I think I used that to go to the toilet and things. Um, I think I made another drink at this point too. I don't really remember the outcome of it apart from that Drew won. And I know that sounds really bad, but it's the truth. No, like I said, maybe if it was a handicap, but Moss did all right. I will say that, but the gimmick is not going to help him. Uh, I'm going to give this a three and a quarter out of five because it's Drew McIntyre. Three. What about you? I'm going to give it a three because um, I didn't watch much of it. So (laughs) I feel like that was pretty much what what I can judge from it. I'm going to give it a three. (laughs) Oh, it's a match of the year. You need to. to, Did I say three or five? Five out of five. It's... <laughs> yeah, well, predictions, a bit of good news. All went Drew, so my first point. So at the moment, I'm on one, Gina and Monty on two, Jax. And I don't want to jinx it, but at the moment, Jax, you are on for an extra well, bonus point as well. You know, what can I say? 
Some of us have got let's, it, some well, of us haven't. Lucky, isn't it? Let's see if I could be so lucky. <laughs> uh, we see poll-wise, McIntyre got 86%. Who wasted 13% of their vote to do it, eh? Who did? Uh, and Antonio Mergis <laughs> uh, really enjoys the podcast. Uh, <laughs> we get... Kevin Owens interviewed huh. backstage. Owens wasn't happy about Lesnar being added to the match, but he said he would get revenge for Lesnar's soulmate, Sami Zayn. Owens said he had new powers oh and he had to go with Seth Rollins. Wow. What a moment. Oh, my gosh. I was not expecting him to say it. So when he said it, I genuinely was just laughing so hard because that is completely far from the truth. <laughs> it's just, oh, I love it. It's, like I said, switch the hill for Owens. And he is back on Sammy's side, you know, and that's what that's what you got to love yeah. about him. Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. We move on, and we got RK Bro versus the Street Profits for the Raw Tag Team Titles. It's accompanied by Randy Orton and Riddle. We get a hot start by Orton and Riddle, uh, but negated by a focus attack by Ford and Dawkins to teed off on Riddle and cutting him off from the Viper. Orton did eventually receive the tag. Exploded into the match, unloading on a position with Fleury that included a double draping DD. And the action broke down, climaxing with Ford, diving over the ring post and wiping the champions out. And back inside, Riddle popped Ford up in the air and Orton delivered a devastating RKO for a win and successful title defence. And afterwards, Migos joined, Profits uh, showed respect and they had a bit of a nice loving. Um, I mean, what were your thoughts on this? Because there's points in this I enjoyed. Uh, yeah, there was points to the match itself I enjoyed. I was just really baffled right from the get-go. Don't don't get me wrong. I know that they're the tag team champions and everything, but why didn't Migos come out with Randy and Matt Riddle? Uh, it, it kind of felt like they should have been, they should have come out more with Street Profits. And I'm not talking about, uh, about that from a race point of view. I'm more talking about it from like a music standpoint, like the type of music Migos do, like they, they, they have, they would probably have had a bit of a better flow kind of coming out to the ring, you know, having a bit of a flow and a bit of a dance with the street profits, like that type of energy. Like you, yeah, it just felt like a really awkward dynamic of seeing Migos coming out with them. I'm not going to lie. I was quite baffled by this decision. But the match wasn't bad. <laughs> I mean, it, like I said, in, in places, and even the assisted arcade pretty cool. Uh, you know, yeah. to see him, you know, working together. Um, and like I said, not bad at all. Uh, we got out of five. Um, I'll I'll give it like a a a three point three. <laughs> I'm gonna give it out of three and three quarters out of five. Uh, not bad from two teams that can go and forward can fly as well uh, predictions yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, Jack said I'm not laughing at you I'm laughing uh, you went street profits uh, everybody else went RK bro Monty Junior James which means yes they have changed the scores James you are on two well done Gina on three Monty on three and Jaxie on three tied at this moment in time Poll wise, no, um, I just on purpose to let to let you guys catch up. <laughs> Why did you go profit? Do you know what? I just thought it was going to be the time to turn on, like like either Riddle was going to turn on on Randy, um, or Randy was going to turn on Matt finally because they've been teasing it for so long. So I just kind of figured, 
but they're going to start things off with a bang. I I kind of like at this moment in time, I didn't really think of what title changes could be happening on the page. So I thought that this could be one of the title changes that could have changed. Mm. So and I knew I I knew I fucked up by choosing them the moment Migos <laughs> came out with Riddle and Randy Orton because I was like, well, Migos ain't coming out with a losing team, are they? <laughs> Fucking Migos. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> you chose the wrong team. <laughs> you motherfucker. Why don't you like them for? Well, that's why. Um, saying I annoyed coming up next. Drew McIntyre uh, searching the locker room and gets attacked from behind by uh, Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin, leaving unable to get up. I mean, this, No. McIntyre's a serious threat. Don't. Don't do this. Spirit Squad never laid out DX, right? This ain't happening here. It's not It's not on. Uh, and apparently, he's been written off to been dealing with a neck injury. Even though it's, he's been having his neck injury for the past few months, he's wrestled near enough every week of SmackDown, which just shows you kind of his determination. What this means for the Royal Rumble, we don't know. But then again, what better way for McIntyre to be written off for a little while and then come back at the Rumble? I think I'll be happy with that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that he'll be um, out long, but I do think that you're right. If he's been kind of doing a, a Kenny Omega in this situation, he really should go and see uh, see to himself. I, I'm not necessarily sure this was the funnest way to write him off because I the one the one thing that I took away from this is that the feud is not over between Drew McIntyre and Happy Corbin and I really wouldn't mind seeing like you know Drew come back and just not carry on a feud with the Happy Corbin but it's but, even I mean it's, yeah it's like the, the hint of mystery is gone like just go backstage and see Drew laid out obviously have a plan for it when he gets back but it could be Brock it could have been yeah. Roman you know I mean it could have been anybody doing that and then when it's he returns exactly, to get his revenge exactly um you know that sort of thing could have worked with a little bit of mystery as you said but, but writing him off this way just kind of like all it did was make me think oh great so he's so he'll be coming back to a feud with happy corbin you know <laughs> so i hope he comes back in the royal rumble and the only sort of like resolving issue we get between it is that He's the one who eliminates Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss from the Royal Rumble. Leave it there and then just let him go on to bigger and better things. I'll be happy with that. I think that would be fair to say. We see Caleb Braxton knocking on Brock Lesnar's dressing room. Lesnar actually answered the door. She asked him about being added to the championship match. Lesnar said he could do whatever he wants because uh, he's a free agent thanks to his advocate Paul Heyman that he'd win the W Championship and then called it a spoiler while winking into the camera. Uh, we then get rid of package recapping edge and misfy so yeah what did you think of brock this is new comedy brock no honestly he is just winning me over with every promo he's doing like i'm loving him more and more and that little wink i was like oh brock you naughty boy (laughs) 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 he literally is enjoying his character so much and you can actually see him enjoying it but it's actually making me enjoy enjoy the content yeah, and I think that's what's vital, and I think people forget sometimes if the person's enjoying it, you know, we will enjoy it as well. Uh, and also, we see the Miz and Maurice 
making their entrance. We see, of course, the video package recap and a feud between the two. Edge was raised from under the stage while the brood theme played. And then once Edge was halfway down the aisle, his usual went as well. Again, Edge, it's it's a cool fucking entrance. <laughs> That's all they say about it. I'm never going to get bored of it. I even got kind of really excited seeing that he was going ahead and, and, and doing the... Um the brood entrance at first and even I said halfway through oh but I kind of wish that we got to see his um you know yeah on his day (laughs) just spoiling me here you are spoiling me it never gets old with music um I think it's just going to be one of those ones that everyone will rock out to um for decades to come regardless as to whether or not they were from that era I think we had an absolute banger along with Kane as well. So I think the fire still burns is one of those. Uh, anyway, on to Edge versus the Miz and a distraction by the Hill's wife, Maurice, and our Miz to drive Edge into the ring post and seize control of the bout. He repeatedly bashed Edge's head into the announce table and set up the goal crushing finale. Edge countered and drove Miz's face into the table, which did not break. Back inside, a series of pinfall attempts ended with Miz sending a Hall of Fame into the ring post. He had a chop block and applied the figure four further damage to the knee. We get more counters and reversals. Edge applied a cross face. Miz rolled across the ring to reposition himself, allowing Reese to put her husband's foot on the bottom rope and force a break. Miz ramped up the aggression, but Edge delivered a hip toss from the top rope. Reese hit Edge with a pocketbook, allowing Miz to deliver skull, crushing finale for a dramatic near fall. Maurice argued with the referee until Beth Phoenix returned and made a beeline to the squared circle. She chased Maurice around ringside. Distraction Miz, allowing Edge to deliver the spear for win. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? Because there was a lot going on here. There was. Um, there was a certain level of frustration throughout the match at one point of just seeing Maurice getting herself involved. And this is something we all should have expected because this is usually what comes of Miz and Maurice matches, like even in the past. So we should be used to this sort of thing already. Um, but I was just kind of getting annoyed. And even I was saying to myself, like, if Beth Phoenix is, as a result, if Beth Phoenix is not coming out and, and kicking some ass or something, then I'm just going to riot and ask why the hell we were just fucking put through this. So I was very, very, very pleased to see that I was right in, in my findings of, in, um, in my predictions of Beth Phoenix was going to return. And she looked absolutely oh, fucking incredible yeah. uh, i'm sorry uh, i had the biggest crush um you know i got kind of got goosebumps at looking at her she looked angry but she looked sexy as hell she looked like an ultimate glamazon and i was absolutely excited at the very thought of her being back in the ring so if this is the only way to get beth phoenix in a the ring then i'm not going to complain too much and sort of like the amount of fuckeries that went on during the match. I just hope that this isn't just a one-off marital feud that Beth is coming back for. I really hope that we do get a bit of a push because I'm not going to lie. I want to see Beth kick Becky's ass and I hope she does. <laughs> oh my God, I didn't think, you know what I mean? Beth, I think mate, mince meat of Becky. Like I said, she she looks fantastic. Um, as for the match before, <laughs> I, I think the crowd weren't in um, and, and I think it wasn't it wasn't the crowd's fault. It's a bit like me with the Skull Crusher finale. I was sitting there and I didn't go once because I thought they're not going to do it. 
Usos and New Day a little bit different because obviously they trade. I thought there was not in a million years that they're going to have the beat Edge. Like, who is the Miz beaten? Like, who is anybody beaten in the past five or ten years? Bobby Lashley earlier losing to Goldberg. Legends are protected and beat younger mm. talents. You know, that's WWE's problem. And it's you yeah, just fall. It is, it is. Miz is never going to do it. <laughs> Ever. Yeah. I mean, you you do have to ask yourself. I mean, what the fuck are you doing to to the likes of your legends? If you're having the like, not not even someone that is 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 in a a good position to to deserve a push to uh, be a legend or anything like that either, you know. So why the fuck would it be the Miz that gets to beat someone like Edge, you know, especially when he is one of the most loved, most anticipated returns. Of, of last year they're not going to do that why would they do that it's just it doesn't make sense and they've not made Miz I mean people say oh you beat John Cena look how he beat him even Miz can't remember how he did it you know the Rock's involvement about building to a next Wrestlemania the thing that annoys me about WWE is that they their mindset and I saw it on a tweet rather than going what superstars, what a ricochet star way, can we make them into main eventers they say to themselves what legends do you want to see brought back Stop bringing fucking legends back. It's not about who can come out of retirement now. It's about who can, you know. Just fire a shit ton of people. Like, you, you don't have that much talent left. How about you focus on, like, building them up, yeah? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't want to shit all over them, but I think this is WWE's inability to build new stars from MVP and Mr. Kennedy and, and all these Chris Masters and Carlito and dating back since this ruthless aggression and they've done nothing since then. The two biggest stars since that moment, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, are wrestling for the other company now. You know, there's no one else. Mm. The Shield, if the Shield hadn't arrived, how would we look? <laughs> how arse backwards yeah. would it be? You know, and people moan about Roman Reigns being in the spotlight. I hate to go on, but this is why the fans won't accept it. They look at Miz and just be like, "Well, we'll just wait and we'll cheer the end." Beth Phoenix coming out was brilliant. Uh, it's like I said, and also another person that doesn't get the love she deserves: Jessica Carr. Jess Carr, WWE official. Um, like I said, she's been yeah. there since the May Young Class, and I know Audrey Edwards might get a bit more love, but still, I'm not biased. Yeah. No, I agree with you there. Uh, and also, like I said, Rumble, here we come. Because to see Beth back in action uh, is going to be really, really good stuff. Um, what okay. did you score this out of five? Simply because of, like, the Beth Phoenix return and everything like that, um, I'm going to score it um, uh, 3.5. Yeah, I gave it a four, and I don't know why. You're talking back in now. Gonna, I've, I've annoyed myself. I feel like I'm... I feel like I was a bit harsh there, but if I if I am taking Beth Phoenix out of it, it probably would have been a bit lower, yeah. um, just because of like I wasn't really. Yeah, I think with the the amount of like fuckeries with that that Maurice was even involving herself in, we got a lot of time without like you know Beth Phoenix around and stuff like that. And as you said, even some of the fans were kind of losing it a bit. Yeah, but so, at least, like I said, at least we had the payoff uh, for for Beth. Otherwise, yeah, exactly. But I, I was exactly. watching this. You know, well, I said no. I was watching this like it was McIntyre Moss one way. This uh, prediction wise, did everybody go for Edge? Well, 
Monty, I did. Monty did. And Jaxie, you did. Gina went for the Miz. You'll have to ask her why. <laughs> Maybe we'll ask her at the Rumble. <laughs> I really don't know what her thought process was here. Um, <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't have an answer for you right this moment. But do you know what? I will make sure to add to her because... Yeah, I kind of want to know. Well, hopefully she'll be doing a show with us next week so we can call to her before we start and just say, what were you thinking? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> we just... <laughs> hopefully she's not listening. Otherwise, <laughs> it'll be all right. Um, but it has changed the scores a little bit because it means that I am joined on three points by Gina now and Monty and Jaxie on four points uh, as we head into the penultimate match as for polls uh, we see again 82 percent of the vote uh, zach smith said i've got the miz winning tonight and then beth will come out if maurice gets involved so maybe that was gina's not putting words in her mouth maybe that is um a fault behind it i suppose uh, and then we see bobby lashley talk about his chance of winning the WWE championship took a hit in addition to Brock Lesnar to the match, but MVP cut off Patrick and said other entrances are trembling of fear over Lesnar. But that's not the case with Lesnar. He said he doesn't care. Uh, he's the new year and he'll be a new WWE champion. And the Raw Women's Championship match, probably the thing I'm most disappointed about on day one. Um, Becky Lynch versus Liv Morgan for Raw Women's Championship. We see a driven, determined Liv Morgan wasting no time taking the fight to Raw Women's Champion Becky. She delivered a springboard co-breaker, fought big-time Bex around ringside, and the champ rearing with the rings of Saturn submission. Had a press slam for the top rope. She appeared to wake in the reality of her situation. Lynch down more and sees control about the challenger fought back or drop kick that flattered the champ. Lynch arts with disarmor, but Morgan fought out. Delivered a DDT, shattered a jaw, dropping Springboard Sunset Flip Powerball. If full, as a comment stream question, what the challenger needed to do to win the match. It's the leg drop from the top rope, mortal drop kick. The champ rolled to the floor low, and when the challenger had a cross body through the ropes onto it, Lynch again rolled to the sanctuary of the floor. There she bashed Morgan's face into the commentary table. Liv did recover low, struck in uh, Lynch's arm in the stairs and stomping away on the limb to call back for when the champ did it to her. Back in, she caught with the rings of Saturn. And I thought this was it. I thought, Nick, this has got to happen now. We see Lynch rolling her up for two. Babyface set up for the oblivion. Oblivion. I can't say the word. Oblivion. Thank you very much. And Lynch countered. That's how shocked I am. And drove her into the mat for the clean. Lynch beat Morgan. Uh, I've run out of words here. What is what is the fucking... Okay, so, like, yeah. Let's let's just talk about the first big elephant in the room here, which is, first and foremost, why the fuck was this the only female match that was on the card? So, like, there, there literally could have been any... Like, you know, you have the like of fucking Drew McIntyre versus Madcap Moss that wasn't even a, a, a decently built storyline. You could have definitely built up the likes of having Naomi and Sonya even on on this pay-per-view. They probably could have done with having like another round of Tony versus Charlotte hadn't to- had Tony not have walked out. <laughs> but seriously, not they did nothing to try and add another female match. Are you serious? Like you guys have added matches like 15, 20 minutes before the pre-show is due to start. Like so that is the is the main issue is like what the fuck was with that? Secondly, um Liv Morgan had such great uh uh, energy in this match 
She definitely, you know, brought her A game, really was kind of countering hard. She did an, an, that amazing sunset flip that I saw come from nowhere. Um, it was really impressive in my opinion. Um, and yeah, she had all the momentum in the world. And I just wish that this was what WWE remembered when it comes to, uh, you know, how to build talent, because this is exactly how you do it. Um, and they had all the momentum in the world to go with Liv um, and decided not to. I don't know. They pulled the plug. I don't know. Uh, again, it kind of, the end just looked very sloppy, in my opinion. Um, it's not me trying to always pick faults here with WWE, but it seemed to me like, you know, Becky was meant to uh, appear like she was cheating or, 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 you know, holding on to the top rope, but uh, 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 holding on to the bottom rope with her her foot, but um, she couldn't actually reach. Um, I think it was quite apparent that that was supposed to happen, but it just kind of didn't. So it just meant it was a clean pin. Um, the match itself was like kind of good because of um, you know, like Liv Morgan was trying her best and she did have some really cool moments. But just again, overall, you've just squashed yet another woman, which you don't have that many more of that realistically you could actually go into thinking or believing anyone could beat Becky Lynch. So what are you to do at this point now? I just feel like WWE are stuck in a rut with their women's division, and I really don't know how to help them. Well, I think there is a way to help them, and I'll get on that in a second. Uh, I think playing devil's advocate, there was WWE pay-per-views last year four or seven matches were women's so maybe become accustomed to it too much but you're right one match is not enough and I think the way around it it's got to be unification unification for the tag team titles because the tag team division the Raw Smackdown aren't that great and also the yeah. women's champions Charlotte is champion mode you know what is the point I just have Lynch right if it is just to placate her ego then it's just a waste of time Build up a women's tag team division that you haven't got and have more contendership matches, not contended matches where you face a champion, but two people face enough to face the champion. That makes sense. On pay for you, there's enough talent there. You've got, you know, Sasha Banks not doing anything at this moment in time. Yes, she might have suffered an injury, but she should be fine. Bailey coming back soon as well. Like I said, the amount of talent that's there, not everybody needs to quit, you know. You've got Alexa Bliss coming. You've got Dewdrop. You've got Naomi. You've even got the likes of Sonya Deville, Shayna Baszler, which you've done nothing with. You know, like even even the women's tag belts. What, where were they on the on the on the title picture? You could have even just put, a, a, you know, Dewdrop and Tamina in a, in a match and just chuck them on the pre-show. Do you know what I mean? So it's like it's not like you guys don't have the woman power. Because you do, but it's just lazy booking. Liv should have won. Lynch would have lost yeah. nothing. Nothing at all. She would have just said, oh, you beat me. She could have won a title back at the Rumble, and that would have been fine. And people were going, oh, no, Liv might win at the Rumble. There's no way now Lynch is not going to be champion going into Mania after this. Uh, and, again, this is WWE's problem. Um, would they let Liv go? I mean, Liv talking about, you know, with Ruby Soho and all this lot, the connection's there. Uh, but WWE needs to stop fucking around with it. And and Becky needs to w- work. Becky needs to work on her selling. Uh, not just the selling, her yeah. uh, worrying. The worried look of straight away is, it, you meant a build to a crescendo, I've mentioned it before. And also, stop talking. Fucking cover your face. We don't want to hear every move you're giving Liv more. You know, it's just, it's, there's little things that make 
uh, a good performer into a great performer, a great performer into a kind of, you know, a Shawn Michaels-esque or something like that, yeah. you know. Um, I know it's yeah. frustrating. Yeah. And it took five minutes on the ropes to sort out the finish, and they still bought Yeah. Apart no, from you're that, right. you, I enjoyed you, it. No, I think, as I said, it, I do think it's that there were aspects of it that was really good. I do think that, um, you know, Liv Morgan really um, outshone, uh, you know, and, and, and kind of showed people what she can actually do. But yeah, whether or not Liv chooses to stay, um, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. It is crazy. Um, out of five for this, what are you going to score it? I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to give it a three and three quarters. I think I was just so pissed off by the finish. Liv, it was performance. A great performance by Liv Morgan. Nothing taken mm-hmm. away uh, from there. Poll-wise, Morgan was the favourite as well. 53%. Um, Nick, 35 to Liv. Uh, sends rap, says it's Liv's time. She's ready for the spotlight and deserves to get a solid run. And women's champion leading into Mania. Um, it's unfortunate to get that. Prediction-wise, well, I'll tell you what, though. You know, everybody wanted uh, Morgan to win. There's only one person that put their neck out. I went for Liv Morgan to win this match. And that's not why I'm annoyed. But you would think that everybody else would go, yeah, no, Monster. Jaxie all went so the scores at the moment James on 3 Gina on 4 Jaxie 5 Monty 5 it's disgrace look I'm just realistic we all know that Vince Vince loved having the the titles on Becky and Charlotte so why why bother you know falsely tell myself when I know Liv is is not going to win well we see uh, (laughs) one person that was happy with Becky was of course Seth Rollins, and he's t- talking about he's going to stomp heads and win the W Championship. He actually has got a win over Brock Lesnar as well. Uh, but they want to give us what we want. They don't want to give us Liv Morgan winning the Women's Championship, but they're going to give us Johnny Knoxville in the Royal Rumble match. What is this, 2001? Like, what? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I, I literally was like, there's another Jackass movie coming out? Are you serious? Like... What? And then he said that he was going to be in the uh, in the in in the Royal Rumble. And I genuinely just like looked at my sister and I just said, oh, "Is is he genuine? Did, are we supposed to be excited by this?" I didn't uh, know if he actually like like. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Johnny Knox was a great actor and and you know and great at what he does. But I don't want to see celebrities jumping in the Royal Rumble when I know you're not going to be winning and realistically going for the belt at WrestleMania. I don't give a fuck about that. It's like... like and actually, <laughs> see actual, like, wrestlers having the opportunity. Well, Ricochet doesn't get in the Rumble, but Johnny Knox... Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, luckily, finally, we are at the main event, the WWE title on the line. Uh, Big E, the champion, not coming out last. That was of course reserved for Brock Lesnar. So we've got Biggie, Brock, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Bobby and Lash. Um, and the Beast Incarnate unloaded on everyone in his path, introducing Owens and Rollins to Suplex City. Lashley drove Lesnar through the timekeeper's position, only been through the announce table by Big E. Seeing Lashley and Lesnar interact, though, was pretty cool. Uh, Rollins and Owens delivered a double DDT to Lesnar, driving him in the ring steps as a unified front, attempt to keep Lesnar out of the match. Moments later, Rollins attempted to stomp on Big E mid-run by Lesnar, who delivered the F5 and then down Big E with one as well. Hit Owens with an F5, but a spear from Lashley stopped the path of rage. 
uh, and really, really close near full as well. And just when it looked like Lashley had the hurt lock in, finishing Brock, Big E sound, saved him, only to find himself in the receiving end of an F5. And three seconds later, there was a new UE champion. It was breathless for 10 minutes. Unbelievable. Uh, what were your thoughts on the match before we get into everything else? I mean, it was, it was as you just said, actually incredible to watch. It just did not stop. It did not slow down like once. It was absolute carnage right from the get-go. And that's kind of what it needs to be when you have that, that amount of talent in one ring. You know, you, you ultimately had like a bunch of beasts in a ring and they all could not contain one another. They they all were just going at one another. I absolutely really, really enjoyed the uh, sort of unlikely duo of Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins and really wouldn't mind if they end up like becoming some sort of legitimate tag team throughout the year at some point that I think that could be quite entertaining too especially we all know Kevin Owens can't keep a partner for long and neither can Seth so it'd be really interesting like a, a story to see you know which one's going to turn on which first oh they um, keep they keep turning on each other they go ah you guys yeah, <laughs> every week yeah, exactly. stabbing each other in the back <laughs> Yeah, yeah, to see which one of them's actually gonna one day be like, um, I'm not actually kidding. Yes, uh, but yeah, I just I, I just thought it was like the 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 right amount of carnage that I wanted from this match. You know, I especially with uh knowing Brock had been added, I was like there there is gonna be a serious amount of violence now that he's been added. And they did not disappoint on that. No, like I said the match Really, really enjoyable. Kind of took you out of everything. And then as soon as Brock picks up that title, it kind of all sinks in. You go, oh, shit, we're back in Groundhog Day. Uh, <laughs> it's just the same every year around this time. Brock winning the title. I don't know, like his face. But, well, before we get on to that with uh, the problem there, Biggie, Biggie's title reign. Uh, got a great tweet um, from... Drain Ramage, if that is you, uh, said Biggie lost seven matches during his reign as W champion with three successful title defences. Roman Reigns hasn't been pinned since December of 2019. He's 18 successful Universal title defences. WBC News, the guy versus just a placeholder. Uh, what are your thoughts of Biggie's WWE title reign? It's really unfortunate and sad to, to say, but um, I, I feel like a, a little bit of that tweet speaks truth. Um, you can really tell the difference between like what WWE view as a champion and someone that they view as like a placeholder. I kind of felt like Drew uh, McIntyre at one point kind of fell into that uh, sort of bracket, but I also feel like that that was because of him becoming champion at the height of the pandemic that sort of played a role into. Yeah, I, I think it's it's interesting to see. Um, what happens with Big E? I mean, we can't look into the future, but you know, would he be a Jinder Mahal where it's just a one, one and done title reign? Is your guy that's going to come back? It's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens it, there. It, I was having a discussion with Gina about, about this, um, and and one thing that did really kind of point out to me was that you know, uh, he won the title from cashing in on, on Lashley. Um, and I think that there was a tweet that we saw um, just shortly after the match had ended, or it was during the match, 
and it was someone tweeting saying um imagine if uh he just uh has enough and decides to join uh join mvp and lashley and team up with them mm. and i was like trying to imagine it and i thought it'd be really entertaining for those two to team up imagine them then don- dominating the tag team division lashley becoming like a a, a double champion um and then like it being like like an ongoing battle between Big E and Bobby Lashley, who potentially just keep on trying to take the belt off of one another, even uh, as well as coexist as as tag champs. Yeah. You know, that was just like a random idea that just stemmed from like kind of one tweet. But it's just <laughs> little things like that that I just always would think, do you know what, that might actually be quite entertaining. That being said, I still felt a certain level of like wound wounding um come come from from myself for Big E because I don't think that he really had a chance to make an impact and I think he could I think he could make impact as um the uh, the universal champion um but I don't think he was given the right amount of time to shine and uh I do believe that if that had Brock not been entered into this match um my prediction would have probably been like that he would have come out on top mm. um because of that's how WWE won. Like I, I didn't actually vote for it Big E to win, but that's because if I wanted someone else to win. But I think that if it was if it had been the original stipulation, there's a high probability that Big E would have retained. And I feel gutted for him for that reason. Yeah, I think if you look at the match from a perspective, like I said, it's Rollins that I feel he wins a match for no more tenors and it turns to this. <laughs> how does how does that even fair? Um yeah, you know what? I'm kind of glad about that because it's like I, I kind of don't mind like the, this irritating Seth that we've got. So this just gives him more ammunition to kind of complain about. Um, so I just look forward to his like next rant about the fact that he was screwed over um, by having all of these men added to the picture. So yeah, well... um, <laughs> Seth, Seth is one of those uh, those wrestlers that I just feel like doesn't even need the title to be good. Um, just give him a mic and he just works wonders. So I'm I'm sure he'll get another chance at some point down the line. Well, that's what I said I like about this match as well. Owens and Rollins were the kind of bumpers of, you know, the big lesson and everything like that. And I loved the story with Bobby Lashley. And it was even pointed out the next night on yeah. Raw yeah, with Paul Heyman by the side of uh, Brock Lesnar and saying how three times in that match, Bobby put him through the barricade, um, you know, speared him and put him in a hurt lock, you know, and, and I just think that was really good. And I think people were shocked, you know, Biggie pinned here was a bit of a surprise. I mean, for me, not as bad as yeah. Lynch and Belair, but kind of on that level, if you take the fact that it's Brock Lesnar beating Biggie, but mm. that, what's going to ask you, you'll be the perfect person to ask it, is the Brock Lesnar gimmick now make it all acceptable and different? Uh, I wouldn't say that it makes it acceptable, but what I do think that makes makes this this uh, title change kind of a bit more acceptable and less outrage is the fact that this is this is something that helped um, with the current pandemic. Uh, none of us know um, as and when we could actually catch it, um, so it is something that does require especially when it's a title picture like this um and and you know hours ago it it does require some quick time thinking um can i say that i'm absolutely over the moon at the outcome no i'm not because i'm very gutted for biggie but at the same time i i still think that this 
this is made for some good content to come if done right. They did the match really well, considering they had such little time. Um, and I felt like, you know, there was a moment in, in the match where each man um, like had a time to shine. Um, and this also just kind of really built up that greatly an- anticipated match that not only the wrestling fans, but the wrestlers themselves want, which is ultimately going to be Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. So, I mean, um, yeah. yeah, I completely agree with you, And it's interesting to see, you know, people go, well, no, WWE have got a long-term plan for what happens at WrestleMania. Oh, really? They knew what was going to happen here. No, they've tore up the script and they've kind of done this now. Uh, with Brock Lesnar kind of shock value and will it pay off it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens but the match we've not even scored it out of five yet that's how much into detail we've gone I'm going to give it a four and a half out of five what are you going to score the main event yeah I'm probably going to do the same um, give it a four and a half um, I thought it was really good I think it was really really good stuff yeah and then predictions uh, well Jackson you went Lashley <laughs> which I thought was a bit of a surprise uh, but Monty this <laughs> with the fatal four-way and I, I was looking at this from a point of view where I felt like um, Lashley uh, would have pinned either like ultimately I thought he was going to pin Kevin Owens I didn't think Big E was going to get pinned well what it means is that we all went Big E apart from you Jaxie none of us scored any points there so the final scores for the very first uh, predictions of 2022. If three out of seven, James. Yes, you got a lot of work to do, son. Had an off day. Uh, four out of seven, uh, five out of seven, Monty, and five out of seven, Jax, which means the scores after the first pay per view is a point each to Monty and Jaxy. So one Monty, one Jaxy. Gina zero, James zero. But the next points are on the line at the Rumble. Plus, we're going to have Rumble mini games with bonus points as well. But, Jaxie, you won the first predictions of the Well, I feel like this is just kind of like spoiler territory with how it, how the year is going to end, really, with my ultimate win. Um, <laughs> the, you know, this just goes... They always say, like, if you start in the running, then you're most likely going to be the one that comes out of it. So watch this space. Well, I said is Monty did well as well. It'd be an interesting fight. Uh, I need to pull myself together. We need to ask Gina why she voted a Miz, and that would have changed. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only ring. She yeah. would have had a point as well. But that's, that's the way it goes. And uh, watch, she's going to be very much more competitive now. She's going to be kicking herself. Yeah. Well, this is what it looks like. Let's really take a look. Uh, so polls, uh, original poll. We talk about. I put the, the we put the tweet up. Uh, it was nine p.m. It was on uh, the Saturday. Um, Biggie got thirty-seven percent of the vote. It was pretty split, though. Biggie thirty-seven percent. Kevin Owens twenty-eight. Seth Rollins twenty-five. Bobby Lashley eight. <laughs> what? Right, what is wrong with? You? We need to have words. Seriously, what's wrong with you all? And then we need to have then I put. Well, I've just seen the news about uh, Brock Lesnar. So, will Brock win the WWE title? 58 people went. So, they were right about that. Uh, we've got... Of course, we talked about uh, match. Uh, my match of the night was... Uh, you scored that and the main event equal. Which one are you going to go for? Mm, I think overall, um, in terms of enjoyment-wise, I'm, I'm good and shocked by you. I am going to go with the main event. 
um, overall. Uh, but that is mainly because, like I said, it was just absolute panic right from the start. And you just really couldn't blink or look away. You were just going to miss something. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, MVP on the night. Well, I've got, I've got three, really. One of them is, I'm not sure which one you're going to go for. I've got Liv Morgan. That's definitely going to be there. But my other pick is New Day and Yusa. Because, like you said, they, they bring magic together each time. And I don't know actually how they do it. And I think, for me, the most impressive bar in Liv was this team, the teams. Yeah. I'm going to actually agree with you and uh, and go ahead and say the same, like both the Usos and the New Day uh, MVPs for me. Um, if you were going to say Liv Morgan, I would actually just give a shout out, like runner up to Beth Phoenix for just coming to save the, the, the sort of deadness that was becoming of that match. Uh, everyone definitely got pretty much more lit when she, she when she turned up. Um, and it was just a joy to absolutely uh, to see her just return. So finally, what is your score out of 10? The pay-per-view? I'm going to give it a, a 7.5 overall. I thought I was seven point so seven and a half over. Uh, I'm going to give it an eight and a quarter, um, just because it. I was expecting a lot more, and a tag match delivered after we were all jinxed. And then for me, if Morgan would have won, if a couple of other things, if my predictions had gone right, it would have been a great night. We'd have had new SmackDown Tag Team Champions, new Women's Champ. You know, it'd been fun. But instead, we're stuck in a time loop. And at the moment, you know, it doesn't look too bad. But sooner or later, we are all going to run out of time, which is depressing enough. Uh, we did ask <laughs> we did ask everybody, how did they rate New Day? Uh, day one, sorry, not the New Day. Um, okay, got 20%. Great was 30%. Awesome, 17%. But the winner, good, with 30 I think that's about right with our scores as well. It was, it was a good show, nothing special. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have to agree. I'm not saying it was a, a bad one either. Um, I kind of feel like there was a bit of an expectation for it to kind of, uh, like be better, but I also feel like that is very much like the expectations of a wrestling fan going into the new year. Do you know what I mean? So, um, I think overall it did the job and I think that there is definitely, um, a lot of good points that we can take away from this pay-per-view but there's also a lot of as usual questionable points to 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 uh, this pay-per-view as well only time will tell whether or not like you know there's going to be any sort of like um uh what's the word uh any sort of a pay- payoff when it comes to c- certain things like i said before that you know we've we've kind of uh discussed briefly i just I hope that this isn't just a one-off for the likes of Beth Phoenix returning for a match with Edge, Miz and Maurice. You know, I'd like, I'd actually like to see her in a match against Bianca Belair, in a match against Shayna Baszler, in a match against Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, Bailey. You know, like Beth Phoenix has a lot to bring. Um, you know, we've got a lot to look forward to as well. So overall, I think it did its job. I'm just probably a bit wrestling, wrestling spoilt and expected more. 
That's fine, you know, and, and it's weird. And we talked to her earlier, and I was going to mention it about the Intercontinental title because I thought it was going to be on the line at day one. Uh, one of the best contributors that we got is Stuart Lawson. He's just a gentle reminder that WWE's done yet another pay per view with no IC match. The last time the Intercontinental Champion was on the main show of a pay per view and also defended the title was. Jaxie, can you guess when it was? I'll put you on the spot. Um, I apologise. SummerSlam? WrestleMania. Oh, it was WrestleMania. Oh, my gosh. I thought it was SummerSlam, but it's not. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's That's how we are on the road to this WrestleMania. Shinsuke deserves more as well as the as the title, the IC title. Come on, guys. He did. And uh, you also pointed out as well, old Stu, uh, last night Brock Lesnar became the fifth person to win the WWE Championship in three different decades. Hogan did it in the 80s, 90s, noughties. Rock did it in the 90s, noughties and the 10s. Triple H did it in 90s, noughties and the 10s. Orton did it in the 90s. No, he did it in the 90s, the 10s and the 20s. The same as Brock Lesnar. It just shows you who they think is the main event. Uh, finally, Raw notes, like I said, Heyman was by the side of Brock and back being the advocate. I'm AJ with ease and a banging main event. The original Fatal 4-Way, that should have been at day one. And we get Bobby versus Brock set for the Rumble. I think you and I agree. Save us for all Rumble. That builds an extra bit of excitement. Mm, it it, it um, definitely kind of piqued my interest for it more. I mean, the, the Rumble always kind of brings about excitement. You know, it, ultimately, it's because of, of the the match itself is just always entertaining it's always exciting but to, to finally now be getting that match for sure um is exciting because of like this is something that even we all know that Lashley's been wanting so I'm very excited to see this yeah we got we've got two Royal Rumbles with hopefully some nice surprises from Bobby and Oscar return or some NXT EO Shy coming up and and then NXT as well, we've got Beth Phoenix and Edge versus Miz and Maurice. And we're going to have uh, Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. So there is something there. <laughs> you know, we're not, we're not, cro- we might have seemed a bit harsh, but we are looking forward. Of course, we're going to do a live show where we're going to talk about it. We have predictions as well. So that'll be, uh, but that is it for today. Uh, don't forget, we're across all social media, Twitter at the Dust. I'm at the WNRJR. Uh, Jackson, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me across Twitter and Instagram at Jaxie Scarlett. The Double also on Facebook, Instagram, across all Google platforms. Send us an email, the Double Podcast at gmail.com and YouTube and the Double Podcast with all latest clips and podcasts at the same time on YouTube and they do SoundCloud on your phone and also Spotify and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. Our next episode is more Jaxie and hopefully Gina will join us for the AEW Battle of the Belts and we'll also look at AEW in notes uh, since winter is coming. Of course, we're going to have a huge match to talk about. Uh, Danielson versus um, Paige for the AW World title. Uh, first Dynamite on TBS. That should be massive. Yep, um, definitely. Sounds exciting, really. <laughs> See, we can build excitement. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. We've got so much to look forward to. We've got the belts. We've got the Royal Rumble. We'll go anyway. <laughs> January is just full of it. <laughs> We've got so much more, but that is it, like I said. Uh, until then, I have been James Rowlands, and I was joined by the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. Happy New Year to you, and thank you for joining me for the very first show of 2022. Thank you. Again, 
really enjoyable. Always has been. I look forward to the next. Without a doubt. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. <laughs>